What's up, everybody? I'm Craig, and this is Trucking.fm Podcast, powered by freight brokers and truck drivers Facebook group. Now, before we get started, I want to start by saying some of my podcasts actually started out as a Facebook Live video. So at times, you may hear me say things like, drop your comments below if you're watching, or every once in a while, notice the audio slightly cuts off due to the video to audio conversion. Nonetheless, the information is still just as valuable. I only wanted to give you a quick heads up to avoid any possible confusions with my listeners. Now, enough with all that, let's get started.
I am right here. And we are joined today by Craig Bliss with Freight Bland, Freight Brand, my gosh. And he is right here. Let me put this down. What's going on, Craig? You got to unmute your mic, bud, I think. There we go. Is it working? Not hearing you. Not hearing you. You can hear me, though. All right, hold on. This is smooth. <laughs> yeah, why don't you call? Oh, wait, there. Say, no, say something. <laughs> can you hear me? Yeah, I can. There we go. I muted you on accident. Well, yeah, that's that what was I was smooth. Say hey, what's up, everybody? I'm Craig. Uh, Steven, I do appreciate uh, you having me on your show here tonight. All right, so I got to turn up the volume a little bit because your mic's pretty low. Um, but Craig, why don't you uh, tell us a little bit about Freight Brand and what you do, and then we'll get started from there. Okay. Up here. Can you hear me now? I can, yeah. Okay, okay. I'll go ahead and throw in the headphones. But um, yeah, uh, like you said, like I said, my name is Craig. I'm the co-owner of Freight Brand here in Phoenix, Arizona. What we do at Freight Brand, long story short, we make the little guys look like the bigger guys. And this is especially um, helpful, as you can see now in this economy. Uh, truckers, are not being take, truckers are not being taken care of. They're losing opportunities to these uh, mega carriers, mega companies. And so my company, Freight Brand, uh, we change that uh, by making the smaller guys look like the bigger guys actually capture these larger opportunities, such as great freight opportunities that these mega carriers uh that they're taking there and so we do everything uh yeah from branding from simple websites uh to creating flow charts of standard operating procedures um to keep everybody in line there and of course create emails to match um and of course your complete marketing material that you need to go after all these larger shippers in these big accounts so that's what we do here at freight brand nice yeah, and as most of the people know, hi, Lindsay, hi, Christoph. Um, as most people know, I'm a freight broker by day and a social media, <laughs> I don't know, whatever, by <laughs> night or by day, whenever I have spare time and decide to make a video. <laughs> um, the reason why I, I wanted to do a you know, collaboration with Craig is because he's young as well. I'm young, if you can't tell. Uh, and it's this someone actually yesterday was talking I, he may be watching but he was talking about how the we're millennial generate the millennial generation as much as i hate that term but how we're uh i guess kind of taking over most industries as would be expected by people our age and uh how that correlates to freight and and you know people i know your background a little bit i'm i'm not sure what you know about mine but i've been doing this for a quite a while now and i wanted to uh just do a collab with you and just basically talk about um, <laughs> freight. You know, that's just basically talk about the what's going on in today's market, different sales tactics. If people are looking to start up trucking companies and all, all different things. But yeah, for uh, sure. I'm not sure if you watch any of the other videos. I kind of uh, swing from the hip. I don't really, like we talked about earlier, I don't have like a prearranged plan or anything like that. This is, I'm not a, a teacher anymore. So I don't like want to teach people. I kind of just want to lead by example and the things that I do and the tips and tricks that I've learned in the industry as a broker and as a carrier. And cause I believe that those make me a better broker and carrier. Um, <clears throat> just a little note. I can see the comments today. Yesterday I couldn't see the comments, but um, I could see the comments today as they're coming up and I believe I shared this in a bunch of groups and we have 29 people watching. So some people are seeing it. So um, you guys can also call in. That's a fully functional call in number down below. And, and uh, just, I guess to shoot the shit, you know, the conversation is going to end by seven o'clock because the Patriots are on tonight and they're going to win. So I'm going to be watching that game, but uh, yeah. So let's start right off. <laughs> Brad says, how would one get in the business? Well, I guess, I'm assuming you mean freight brokerage. Um, now, Craig, you worked for a big broker before, right? 
That's right. Yeah, it's very similar to your um, your experience working at the mega brokerages as well as the carrier side. So I actually started my career working for a mega brokerage. Gotcha. Yeah. And see, me, I kind of started on accident. I didn't really, I worked for the big guys, but I didn't work for them until I was already uh, (laughs) smart ass is the way I like to say it. So I kind of talked myself into some pretty high up positions because, uh, you know, I knew what I was doing, but I, I taught myself as I talked to other people, uh, as I said in the previous videos, I, I learned this business from from actually getting out there and doing it. Um, and I didn't take a class. I didn't do any of that stuff. And as we mentioned before, I'm not big on the classes. I'm, I think the seminars, you know, and I've held some seminars before. And I think some of the other guys that are out there doing seminars now, those are fine. But when these freight broker schools, I guess, are pumping out people, you're, I don't think you're going to kind of get the education that you need. You know, so... It, my very long answer to a very simple question, how would one get in the business would be to go work for a broker um, or go work for a carrier as a dispatcher. And you'll start to learn the business that way. And, uh, and there's so many brokerages and carriers, they're everywhere. So it shouldn't be that hard to find one. Sometimes it's hard to get in the door. But as a freight agent, I'm not sure if, if you've ever been a freight agent for anyone, but um, that's a little bit more complicated to, to get into that industry, but it's, uh, or not that industry, but that, because you need to have a book of business in order to, to work with anybody. So, and, and it's hard to get a book of business if, if you're brand new. So it's kind of like a catch 22. What uh, I, what I always say is because I'm um, just similar to you, I fell into this industry purely on accident. You know, um, I was scouted out by a job recruiter right when I turned 18 uh, to work in operations at this, uh, make what I now known as a uh, mega brokerage. Started out on the operations floor doing tracking and tracing, you know, two or three years. And it was from having that opportunity in operations and branching out to a smaller brokerage where I actually got, you know, my experience. And uh, that's actually where I learned how to take care of customers, build my book of business. And once you have that book of business, then you can branch out. So what I always suggest to people um, looking or asking how to enter the freight brokerage industry, you know, you have to start with the basics that could be, you know, as, as brokerage operations, it could be out of carrier dispatching, whatever is similar to brokering. That's where you need to start at, you know, start out as, um, I know Steven, such as myself, once you understood the industry, you can pound the phones, get your customers. But I always suggest don't start out that way. Uh, yeah. do something easier within the industry to get the experience then it's much easier to build your book of business, um, you know, of millions of dollars with the year of freight. I just don't see people starting out building that size of a business there. So that's my recommendation. There you go. And then Matt says, where do you see the rates going the rest of the year? Uh, they're going to go up. <laughs> I don't know. They're pretty darn low right now. So I, I would hope that they're going to go up. That would it be can only go up. How much lower can it get? <laughs> it, it, I mean, they, they've started to go up from, For from sure. my perspective and what I see. And I, and, and I know this is, you know, I try to make them go up. You know, I had a customer flat out today. I said, no, I can't, I, I can't even touch your load. Can't get it moved. And, uh, and you know, he called me back at the end of the day and he gave me the extra 800 bucks and guess what? It was moved very quick. So it, it's, <laughs> I think it, it, it's kind of a catch it, it's hard because you have to be direct with your customers and yet you have to be fair to the carrier. And a lot of times that could cost you a customer or cost you a carrier. Um, in terms of on the carrier perspective, just like someone was commenting in a group and I chimed in on it earlier that, you know, they had, they asked for a dollar 95 a mile to run a load from Pensacola to California <clears throat> and the driver or in the broker was offering 3,300 bucks, which uh, you know, it came out to be like, you know, 400 bucks short roughly. And, uh, he was asking online, I don't know if he was doing it just to get a rise out of the lower rate. Um, but I mean, it is a coast to coast rate that was paying a buck 60 or, you know, something a mile. So it wasn't that bad, especially not for a hot shot. Um, so I don't, I didn't know if he was actually just posting it to get a rise out of someone or if he was posting it to say, Hey, look, here's a cheap rate. I honestly want your opinion. Should I take this load to California? So I'm running for the weekend or should I hold firm and, and say no. And, uh, you know, my recommendation was just to hold firm, you know, because the, the broker came up from 2,800 bucks originally. So my 
from the broker's perspective, he already went back to his customer to get more money. And now he's just playing hardball to see how low he can get you to go to take the loan. Um, and I've done that too. I mean, I, I booked a load today for 1200 bucks. That was going like 400 miles. Carrier on that load fell off. I ended up booking another carrier for 1100 bucks on the same load. And then the customer said, no, it needs to pick up by two. So I had to remove that carrier. And then I found another carrier for a thousand bucks. But instead of me saying, okay, I just made 1400 bucks or $400 profit, I went back to the customer and said, hey, I found a different guy to do it for uh, for a 1000 bucks. I'm going to charge you 12. I'm still making a 20% profit on the load. And he ended up giving me four more loads that I didn't even know anything about. So I think that is one of the best ways to, to deal with either customers or even brokers. It works the same in that regard. If you do a good job, as much as people say they hate brokers, they, you know, for the owner ops that don't have direct clients, the brokers are your client. Um, you know, any thoughts on that? When I talked yeah, a lot. I know um, on the uh, carrier side, you know, when the carrier side's low, the broker side's typically up, right? It's no secret. And I know on the carrier side, um, if, if drivers are still pounding the load, it's actually going up. You mentioned a, a coast to coast shipment. Uh, the carrier saying he was, you know, right out the gate, getting about $1.60 from that broker. You know, to be honest, the market rate for coast to coast is about $1.45 a mile. I don't make up the numbers. That's just what the market says coast is coast is. Um, so right there, that tells me the, the rates are actually slightly going up. So I do see rates going up on both the brokerage side and the carrier side. Um, once shippers starts getting more educated, once they realize how the market is uh, and drivers start tightening up, you know, as the shipment volume increases, you know, that reflects on the carrier rate. So I, I do see it going up a little bit, you know, with uh, carriers going direct to shipper rates. I still don't see it too much carrier direct to broker rates. Um, you, you're a broker. I no longer broker day to day. I just consult inside brokerages. Um, but that's just what I see. Uh, I, I don't know what you see, Stephen. If you see brokerages being a little bit more loose, giving more money uh, to carriers right now or not. Well, I mean, I only have the perspective from what I'm doing. I don't have a perspective in terms of other brokers. I used to be one of those guys that lived off of sonar and all that stuff to try to get uh, the most accurate rate, you know, cause that isn't always showing them <laughs> the most accurate rate as much as we all rely That's on them. Sure. Um, but so I, you know, I use sonar and I use different resources to try to find the best rate to cut. So I can quote my customer and know that I'm going to cover the load. I don't try to get a load just to, make a couple of bucks. I try to get a load to get business in the future. That's the difference between me and a lot of other guys is I'm a volume broker. So in order for me to make money, I need to get a lot of volume because I charge such low margins typically. Um, and so it works a little bit different, you know, I, in terms of direct shipper rate, <clears throat> again, I don't see that side from the shippers to carriers. So I don't, <laughs> it is, well, no, I can't say that, but it's, uh, there's a comment. I have a, an app on my phone or on my computer, so I can't open the very last comments. But once it, someone else comments something, I'll move it up. But, you know, Sonar, I, I jumped into the Sonar ba bandwagon before they released that $199 carrier bundle a month. So I'm paying quite a bit more a month for it. And, and I still use it. And I, if I, when I have the bigger clients and stuff, I, I, I use it a couple of times a week, to be honest. So it's, it's still, you know, something, but you have to have a lot of tools. I, you say it all the time, tools in your toolbox. Mm -hmm. And to be able to quote something properly, you, you do, you need to have a bunch of different resources in order to, to get accurate pricing, right, to right. find the good carriers. Like I don't just rely on our TMS system to qualify a, a carrier, especially a new one. You know, I run every carrier through carrier 411, regardless of whether they have perfect feedback in our TMS because I want to see what's going on, you know, right, the I'm updated not, info. yeah, but I'm also quick. I'm not quick to just say, okay, they got a, a, a shitty record in care 411. So I'm just going to not allow them to work. You know, I, you know, I, I kind of use it and normally I'll, I'll call them and I'll say, Hey, listen, what's, you know, what, what's this, you know, instance. And maybe it's because I was a carrier for so long that I'm able to uh, relate maybe, you know, so it's a little bit different in that regard. Um, yeah, I know with sonar, you know, talk about that's not as accurate, you know, sonar, people feel differently about it. Um, it comes down to data. You know, we all know if you're in the industry, data is gold. 
And it just so happens, you know, uh, DAT, DAT, uh, they have the highest volume of data within the industry. There's no denying that. And now Freight Waves, you know, teaming up with or Sonar, teaming up with DAT, as well as other, um, you know, agencies that have the data. It's quite interesting how they are because I look at it two ways. You broker, so you see, you know, DAT, DAT is definitely not as accurate. However, since there's such a high concentration of people using it, it's perceived as 100% accurate. And so you just have to really, as you mentioned, use the tools in the toolbox to figure out what are the best resources for your operations, um, especially when you're rating freight, you know, freight futures or freight moving in the future. Um, Whole bunch of tools, you just have to find the best one for you. That is true. Troy said, so I want to learn how. I'm assuming that's because we were talking about brokering and stuff. And <clears throat> I hope we answered your question. Just a reminder, guys, we do have a phone that actually works. And if you call <laughs> in, you'll be everyone will hear you. And uh, I pay a hundred bucks a month for this phone system. So someone give it a call and make it worth it. But <clears throat> yeah, and if they right, call then, in, you'd be able to answer it a little bit more in detail because uh, we know exactly yeah. what you're talking about there. Yeah. So. Um Brad Wright, it's going to cut off half of your comment, but I'm going to try. It says, I'm having trouble building carrier to broker relationships with international buyers. I would like to cut out the load boards and haul direct because I find myself doing a lot of work for and then it cut out. Um, You go for that, Craig. Well, I'm going to be honest. You know, I'm definitely not familiar with the auto industry in that regard, especially international clients. I tend to stick to um, more domestic freight other than Canada and Mexico. Um, but I'm going to tell you, I can barely read the message there. But um, <laughs> I couldn't read it. That's why I passed it to you. Yeah, yeah. It's cut off. But basically, this is what I always preach like religion here. You have to get off the low boards, have to go direct to the shippers. Um, you know, and I see that I believe that you're a carrier. Um, you know, I tell freight agents, it's the same thing. Brokers and carriers, drivers, you have to go directly to the source. Not everybody wants to use a broker. Not everybody prefers or likes to use a broker. So the only way to combat that is go to the shippers directly. I will start with Google. Google, if you're doing international auto, you know, I would Google competing businesses within that industry, see who's making the most money, see who ships the highest volume, and start using that as my target list of people I'm going to start going after, you know, in the next six months or so to get away from brokers and get away from low boards. I'm sorry if that's not the answer to your question. Um, yeah, it's I, cut I, off, read so. his question. I read his question. I don't really know what he means by it. Um, <clears throat> Cause he says trouble building carrier to broker relationships with international auto buyers. You would like to cut out load boards and haul direct. So I guess you're, yeah, I, I don't know. Hey, I have an idea, Brad, call in. <laughs> yeah, but, call. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then it's going the wrong way. But uh, yeah, the comments are all finicky. It's doing the same thing as yesterday where the comments just stop working halfway through. But um, Claudio said, and I can't even highlight it, I think. Uh, Claudio is asking, how do you calculate LTL free freight? I mean, the rates. The simple way, well, it depends. Because if, if you're an independent broker and you do not have the resources, either team up with a company that does and work as like a contract sub sub agent or um don't handle the freight it's simple as that even even with me and i'm part of a big company our ltl rates are not great compared to some of the other guys so you know what i do and i come from an ltl background i used to sell ltl um i don't touch it you know and that's that's basically it because i know the rates that we get because our wheelhouse is in full truck load and oversized moves so the, the LTL rates that we're able to get, companies like Global Train who build 90% of their business on LTL, they destroy us on it. So, but Global Trans is also a good company not to, you know, toot their horn because, you know, I was an agent for them and I, I left because the agent program isn't that great. Um, but I know that they'll set up other brokers. As long as you have credit, they'll set up other brokers and you can resell. They'll white label their whole system. So you can sell LTL services as your own company through them. And you know who's a big one that does that? And you'll never believe it. TQL. <laughs> TQL's whole LTL program is white labeled through Global Trans, or at least it was a year and a half ago. So, and there are a lot of companies. Another one that does that a lot is uh, Worldwide Logistics. So they yeah. do the same thing. And it's all, you know, you can go to Worldwide and, and 
set up LTL programs through them. Um, but in, in terms of how you calculate it, that is the only way to do it. You have yeah, to have totally an LTL agree. software because those rates are so fluid and they change because of fuel surcharge. And, you know, one week it could be 150 bucks to ship a pallet. The next week it could be 250, just depending on capacity for the lane. It's a lot like intermodal, you know? Yeah. But, yeah. And that's the same thing. You know, I actually don't touch LTL. If I have an opportunity with my customer, I just usually bid it high because as you mentioned, LTL rates are just, they fluctuate every single day. There's tons of uh, competition out there. And if you're not teamed up with a big company, you are not going to beat the rates. Um, you did give a right. great tip, which I didn't even think about initially, is if you're a broker, team up with another one who is strong with it or get a program that's white labeled. Because that's the only way you're going to win in the industry um, if you're handling LTO. I want to ask, Stephen, are you seeing the comments in the uh, Facebook Live comment feed? I am not, but I have my phone in my hand. So that's why I okay. keep looking down. So I, I'm okay, seeing cool. them as they're coming up now. My okay, It's cool, a cool. shirt, man, and I'm kind of leaned over. That's why I don't have a neck right now. <laughs> but it's just, it's just a shirt, I promise you. It's all tight because I just got it when I uh, did a competition last week. <laughs> so that's the only reason. I, I was like, what are you talking about? So you must be reading the comments. <laughs> I am, yeah. Someone wrote, bro, where's your neck? It's just because okay. of the way the shirt is. It's not my fault. Yeah. Um, Steffi, Steffi. This is a common question. Yeah. Yeah. You want to go first or me? Yeah, I, I would definitely go first. You know, when I started in the industry, you know, when I was 18, 10 years ago or so now, um, I only worked for the for a brokerage company. In the first few years, I only knew about brokering. I didn't know anything about a truck. Couldn't tell you a day cab, you know, um, from anything else, a straight truck, let's say. But it was when I met a carrier at this uh, brokerage I worked at. And when I left, he, you know, he essentially took me under his wing and taught me everything about the carrier side. And I actually, you know, for um, unfortunate circumstances, ended up taking over his company. And so I, I did that for many years out of Chicago. I didn't have semis. However, I had 10 sprinters and a few more straight trucks from that. And that's where I got my feet wet on the carrier side. I definitely understand it's different. However, the majority is relatable to the trucking side. And that's why I ended up branching off into what I do now as freight brand because I saw the challenges that I did not see before when I was strictly a broker. Yeah. And for me, I got my start in trucking or as, as an owner operator, you know, like I said, in the previous videos that I started out of necessity, I was a sophomore in college and I didn't have you know anything to do. And I wanted to sightsee. So I grabbed a pickup truck and a trailer and I ran, nice. you know, this before ELD and all that crap. So. Yeah. And I, you know, my first two months, I didn't even have numbers and I was just running. And then I yeah. ended up getting the DOT and I, you know, and I did it and then I stopped and went back and then I, you know, started again and I had a bunch of trucks and then I took a step away. And then when, you know, we had our first kid, that's where life really got serious all of a sudden. And I needed to uh, make something of myself. So I had a bunch of trucks there, you know, I, I mean, I had trucks up until January this year and I just got rid of nice. them. Um, just because I was trying to find a way that I would be better off or <clears throat> owning trucks is hard, man. And no matter which way you look at it, it's very hard to keep good drivers. I, I didn't drive anymore. You know, I've got, you know, my wife and kids and all that. And it doesn't, she's a teacher. It doesn't work for me to, to be on the road. Um, so I had to get out of, out of the, you know, owning trucks thing, because if you're not driving, it's very easy to lose your ass really fast. Oh, and, for sure. You know, yeah, and that's why a lot of people get on here and they're like, oh, I'm going to, you know, buy a truck and I'm going to hire a driver and I'm going to make 1500 bucks a week. I actually talked about that in one of my other videos. And, and no, no, you're not. Yeah. You know, to be honest, maybe. you know, when I when I fell into the trucking side, um, you know, that's what I thought. I thought, oh, man, that's going to be easy. You know, I'm going to run the show, do it. I drove more than managed the company. And that's why after a few years, you know, we end up getting rid of the assets. Um you know, we did the owner operator thing a little bit, but then we just shut it down. Um, it was just tough. And that's why I relate to drivers with the same thing you're saying. It's just, it's not for everybody. And it definitely wasn't for me at that time period point in my life there. So, um, someone, someone asked how much does it cost a month for broker insurance? I mean, if cheap. you're talking contingent, yeah. If you're talking contingent cargo and stuff like that, it's, it's cheap. Yeah. Uh, you know, the bond is, it's that's still relatively cheap in comparison to what carriers have to pay, even if you oh, have really sure. shitty credit. 
You know, you're, yeah. you could pay upwards of seven grand for bond if your credit's in the tank, or you could pay as little as, I mean, I've heard people paying 1200 bucks a year. I've seen so, a thousand. Yeah. The highest really? I've seen on a bond, 8,000, the lowest was a thousand. I was shocked. But I always tell people yeah. when, you know, when carriers try to compare the, uh, the brokerage insurance costs compared to the carrier, it's totally different. And you can even go further in saying the, the insurance for brokerage is not even required. 99% of us have them and it's about 50 bucks a month. 50 to 100 bucks. I mean, it's pennies of what it is compared yeah. to uh, drivers. Most of, most of the large clients, anyway, require some sort of insurance. Yeah, like, for uh, sure. You know, shippers. If you, yeah. If you look, if you look at our like one of our companies' insurance certificates, we have more insurance than pretty much any other brokerage. I think I was really surprised today when I was looking at. It. We got scheduled autos, any auto, you yeah. know, everything. You yeah. know, um, but yeah, it's it's not. I mean, it's not as expensive. It's cheaper to do to start a brokerage than it is to start um, a motor carrier side. But the the issue is, it's a lot quicker to make money as a motor carrier than it is as a broker. Totally you know, because, agree. <laughs> because you instead of like brokers actually have to go out there and search, you know, for customers and get and work that relationship. As much as everyone hates it, a, a carrier can get his authority on day one, get on the load board, and he will make be making money you know, whether or not it's a lot. And, you know, that's, that's a conversation for, you know, a different day, but, you know, people, you know, people start trucking companies every day. And I think one of the reasons why so many of them close, you know, I just watched a video yesterday where they're talking about how many companies close and how, what the average cost is for, you know, it's, uh, you know, it's because people are, they don't know what they're doing. You know, right, I had right. a, like I said, in the, a different video, I had a guy that, Paid me a bunch of money. I helped him do his filings. We sold him a trailer. We got him all set. And uh, and then his authority went active. He didn't even have a CDL. And then we got into the conversation about driving the truck. And and he said he's never even pulled the trailer <laughs> ever. And yeah. he's, he's out there to be a super trucker. And he's he's doing it now. You know, he's active on social media. But yeah, you know, it's, it is what it is. You know, uh, a buddy of mine, Shaggy, everybody knows him on Facebook. He was just talking about how, you know, the 50,000 or so, whatever, authorities granted a year. And how many actually shut down per year? This just shows even even uh, it's the same on the brokerage side. Side this shows how expensive it is to fail when you're not educated in the industry or you don't know what you're doing. I would say learn first, and then you know dive into a CDL, getting your MC number. Brokerage MC is three hundred bucks. You can get started for yeah. three hundred bucks. You know minus a bond, um, what have you. But that's all it is. Once you know what you're yeah. doing, but it's in a very expensive mistake if you don't. Um, do you want to answer Lindsay, Lindsay about the, the bond? Do you see uh, that I one? Need, no, I don't. Go ahead and ask. Yeah, Lindsay Smith is asking, can you go in detail about what bonds are for? Oh, yeah. yeah. The, the bond is essentially to guarantee payment to the carrier, but it there doesn't necessarily always do that. Um, because if a broker has a, you know, a brokerage and he goes for two months and he moves 150,000 bucks in freight and gets paid from the, or the his shipper and doesn't pay a damn carrier. They're only going to pay out the first 75. If you're even lucky to do that, most of the time right. they settle for uh, you know, pennies on the dollar and they kind of tell you, you know, you're hit. Um, yeah. but, but that's a big, that's essentially what the bond is for, you know? And then, you know, I think all the different values where some people will have, you know, say, Oh, I have a, hundred thousand dollar surety bond right i have 150 those, it's all pointless you know yep. it just costs you more up front but it's not it's not like having two hundred and fifty thousand dollars in cargo insurance where it's going to actually allow you to op, you know to handle more business because you can handle high value stuff so right it's it's a necessity for any broker it's required by law um and all it its sole purpose is to give a little bit of um that's right but like confidence in the the carrier that they're going to get paid but it doesn't yeah. mean uh, yeah i know a lot of like, people they still credit check and all that stuff too you were reading the groups where some people actually say the surety bond is worthless you know uh my time on the carrier side i have to say this even though you may only get paid pennies back on the dollar that is really the only thing you had to protect yourself against a broker right now you hear a ton of trucking companies shutting their doors without notice Imagine if that was on the brokerage side, right? And they shut their doors. You have no way of recouping money unless they have a bond. But as he just said, 75 grand, once people start eating at that 75 grand, it doesn't take very many drivers to take that entire bond where you are left with zero 
I'm at the end. So my opinion, I would say is I think bonds should be raised. I think it should be around 150 grand, not in my, when I have my brokerage hat on, but when my carrier hat is on, I think brokers should have at least 150 grand, which will also eliminate a lot of these um, inexperienced brokers out of the mix as well. I mean, I don't know if you were doing this back when it was 10,000 bucks, but <laughs> that didn't provide any security for anyone. That's the, one of the reasons why they moved it up. Yeah, yeah, it, it helps. I, I've worked with carriers where that was literally the only way they were able to recoup money. And I'm not talking about, you know, 10, 15 grand, talk about 30, yeah. 35. And yeah, of course, they didn't get grand. all yeah. of it, but they were able to right. get about 18,000 grand out back, which is barely, you know, yeah. half of it. But, you know. Andrew asks, some of these companies only deal with asset based companies. Do you have to be a trucking agent? Well, it depends. Yeah. <laughs> I find that a lot of the time that's like the gatekeeper thing. A lot mm -hmm. of times the, the shippers will just say, oh, you got to have trucks. We won't right. work with you if you have trucks. And I actually worked as a director of sales for a company that got that. And they, so you know what they did? They went out and filed for their carrier authority, bought us an old semi truck for 5,000 bucks, got it registered and parked it in their parking lot and used it as like a sign. And never moved, but the, as of that day, they were an asset based carrier. <laughs> I wonder if we and, worked for the same company because that's exactly what back <laughs> in the day. Yeah. Yeah. Mine, mine was in Jersey. If yours uh, was in Jersey, then there's a Chicago. Change. Yeah. Uh, okay. Good deal. But yeah. Uh, yeah, so and that's what they did. And they got them around that, that workaround and they got that client and then they got other clients. And they just went to, you know, they basically told the, uh, the carrier or the customer rather listen, we'll go, we'll, we'll do it right now. Let's just get the business. And, uh, and it, and it works, but other than buying a truck, if they say that, uh, you know, you have to be asset based, you could kind of work on it and, and say, you know, I want that. It's kind of, it's almost the same as if you go to a shipper and that you, you're a one truck operation and you just like to run the East coast. And then they say, well, we can give you the East coast lanes, but you got to take this load to Texas all the time. You can either mm -hmm. say, okay, I want the loads that are, that are on the East coast and I'll, you know, take the load to Texas, or if you don't want the load, <clears throat> you know, you, you give up on the freight. It's kind of the, the, or you become a broker and then broker that freight too, <laughs> you know, one yeah. or the other. I always say, you know, I actually worked as a shipper for a few years, actually a very large shipper. I talked about in other groups, I'm in ways to, you know, take advantage of that freight. Uh, but they, they, you know, they were big on that. They would always say, if you call, you know, we don't use brokers. Truth of the matter is we actually use a ton of brokers. We actually actively signed on brokers is exactly what he said. It's who you speak to, but also if the shipper says they don't use brokers, you almost know they are lying or if they say you must be asset based. You, you know that they're almost lying because they do not have a floor of logistics coordinator solely tracking this freight. You have to use brokers and it's the way you sell yourself or better yet, the way you sell your service and how you're going to provide and, you know, find a solution for their problems using your brokerage services so it's how you sell it you know sell the good night sleep not the mattress you know when you're going in there uh, that's a good one <laughs> here's stephanie wrote brokering is hand over fist easier to make money you pick up a phone how is that harder than owning equipment and being away from your family and running down the highways with dangerous traffic <laughs> loads um and I don't mean to laugh. It's because I was jumbling as I was reading it. It's no brokering. I never said brokering was easier uh, or it was harder. The initial startup is what I said was harder. You may have caught that in the beginning because yes, you're going to make 400 bucks, 300 bucks on a load, but you're going to have to get and nurture that account. Whereas a carrier just gets on a load board and calls the load, gets set up, does a couple things of paperwork and, and boom, they've made money. It doesn't necessarily, I mean, it's you can't really compare the two um yeah i tried to do that you know and i went the carrier route and then i chose the easier route. i chose to be a broker because all the conveniences that are, are followed through with it one i'm a salesperson so i can walk and get it new new accounts whenever i want um but two i i didn't want to be driving I, you know that big pile up that happened in illinois uh what was it three or four years ago um where a bunch of people died. It was in the middle of the winter. I was in that accident. And you know what? That was the last winter I ever drove. <laughs> I said, I'm, I'm, I'm done with this over the road crap because you know, that it's, it is, it's a dangerous job. And I don't, you know, me being a broker or me making these videos doesn't take anything away from that because ultimately I wouldn't have a job if it wasn't for the carriers that are out there running the roads. And I understand sure. that, which is why, you know, I try to price my freight the way I do. 
you know, and, and, you know, I, I have more years as a carrier than I do as a, you know, a full-time broker, you know, Daryl said, going off of what you said about the brokers actually going out to find customers, how would you recommend a new broker sell themselves to shippers and clients to gain new accounts? Um, I mean, we talked about that a, a little, or I talked about that a little bit yesterday in my video. Um, and I'm tired of that. So go ahead, Craig. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, and this is going to answer the same question from another guy that I don't see anymore asking the same question, but for carriers, look, you have to sell yourself It's right now, especially when I started in, in this industry 10 years ago or so, you know, I was just taught on the broker side, just to pound the phones. It's a numbers game. Call a thousand people. You get, you know, one appointment, right? You need to take it a step further, especially if you're a carrier as well, or a new agent or, you know, a broker, you need to go door to door. If you're not trying that, you need to do it. You need to sell on yourself and not just, you know, your service because every intern at TQL or CH Robinson has already done it. And so I always say, if you're struggling now, you need to try something different. Another thing that I do, I highlight what I'm really good at and just put at the bottom what I'm not so good at. For example, expedited freight was my forte when I was in um, as a broker as well as on the carrier. So if I got to a ship, go to a shipper that's selling um, or shipping, um, you know, auto parts, right? Half of it's expedited. The majority is expedited. I will sell myself on the um, on the pluses or the positive I have for expedited freight, and I will only speak about that. I'm really good. I have a you know white label check. up on my phone. I can do something different, and don't forget to wine and dine your customers the cheap way. I bring you know Jimmy John platters around Phoenix pretty frequently when I'm training freight agents, just showing them how easy it is to land shippers with food. It costs me thirty bucks for a platter. The gatekeeper always gives you what you want when you feed her <laughs> at the front desk. That's true. I was a big one on beer koozies. <laughs> they always worked for me, giving those out. But I'm not sure if uh, if he's still there. He's frozen, so I'm just going to keep on going. <clears throat> uh, looks like he's frozen. But uh, Amanda said vetting is huge, both sides of the – both sides, customer and carrier. Yeah, that's true. You have to vet your customers, uh, make sure, you know, do credit checks on your customers if you're an independent guy. Um, or you have to, uh, he'll probably join back. Um, or you have to um, vet your carrier, vet your, your carriers too. Um, you know, there's carriers out there that are, that are just bad. You know, they don't show up for pickups. They don't show up for deliveries or they're late for deliveries. I had a load that was supposed to deliver Monday. It's Thursday and they just delivered. Am I going to charge them anything? No, because they actually kept in contact, but they just said it never left their warehouse. They didn't, you know, they, it didn't fit on the truck that they were going to send. So they sent a different truck. And and if I went in and checked the, the you know, freight guards and in our internal records and stuff with us, it, uh, it, uh, it probably would have changed a little bit. Craig, you should be able to click that link and join right back if you've got a minute. But uh, Amanda said, relationships are the means for selling to me, trust and respect. Yeah, I mean, just it, like I said yesterday in yesterday's sales video, the, the easiest thing is it in terms of the sales process is doing all the research to know what you're selling. You know, for, for most people, for me, it's actually just going in and shooting the shit with someone to get in the business. You know, it's the same thing. I cold called. I knew that they purchased trailers because I paid attention to everything. So I saw they purchased a couple of end dump trailers. And so I just, I called and I spoke to some office manager and gave her my information. And then, you know, long story short, the president of the company called and gave me three trailers to move and cross country trailers. And I'm going to make 500 bucks up a whack on them. You know, and that's just cold calling and being yourself. I'm not present, you know, I know rates, so I know how to quote stuff properly, but it doesn't, I don't necessarily think that gives me the advantage over someone else just cold calling that may have a rate in front of them. You know, I'm not a template guy. You know, like I said, I'm not, I'm a volume broker, but in terms of sales, I'm not a template guy. I wing it. You know, I don't believe in templates when you call. I believe in just, you know, um, going and, and getting the business and securing it. Lindsay said, do y'all write up your own rate cons and carrier packets or is there a universal one? Well, the, the company that I'm an agent for um, has their, you know, has their own packets. Actually, 
they have a contract just like anyone else. You could just copy and paste a contract and put your name in there and boom, it's still going to be the same contract. But then they use the, the onboarding stuff. Like I think we use my carrier packets. <clears throat> when I was my own broker, I used that, even though it's kind of, you know, to pay 50 bucks, I think actually it was like a hundred bucks a month to use it. It was still beneficial because it just made that, that much easier. And I know with those, they tie right into whatever TMS system you're using. In terms of rate cons, mo all TMS systems will spit out that rate con. <clears throat> so you don't have, you're not creating. I've seen when I was a carrier or a dispatcher even, I've seen the guys that you can clearly tell are using an Excel uh, template for the rate con. I don't know how you could personally handle the accounting if, if you're using those for, uh, there you go. I don't know if. Yeah, let's put them back up. But well, and that zoomed way in on my. There, <laughs> there we go. <laughs> I'm back. I uh, I don't know what happened. Is uh, yeah, you, you froze with an awkward awkward <laughs> change. <laughs> yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah. but uh, Lin there it is. Yeah, Lindsay. Uh, you know, I don't have experience with McLeod. It's something I've looked at a lot. But you know, the companies that I I worked at, they either used Algex. They used uh, Mercury Gate, which is a pain in the butt to learn, um, or they used uh, whatever this one is, Edge, and uh, or custom ones. You know, most most of the big brokers are all using custom software or software that's derived off of custom software. I don't. Have you ever used McLeod? Yeah, I was going to ask what was that question. I I didn't see it pop up about McLeod. He said, he said, do you have any experience with McLeod software? Yeah, unfortunately, um, I have a few years using McLeod. Um, basically, in a nutshell, McLeod is very expensive for how hard it is to use. Okay, um, I, I use it as a shipper as well as a mega brokerage. Um, two different periods. I hated both times. Um, it's not web-based, and so it's not as easy to use. You have to log into a VPN and all that jazz. But there's too many clicks. It's like a Windows Vista. You have to click, confirm everything you do. Highly annoying. Um, I actually prefer Aljax. The number one, you know, TMS for ease of use is Aljax, and that's one I recommend, um, just because it's cheap yeah. compared to McLeod's about 150 grand to get implemented in a shipper or a mega brokerage, plus monthly costs, plus any time you call them or have a question, they send you an invoice for that. So that's why it's, you know, Landstar people like them use systems similar to McLeod. Mercury Gates the same way. It's super same exact way. way. Like the company yeah. I worked at, their their implementation was one point five million dollars. Oh, <laughs> huge company. <laughs> they also had warehousing and all that stuff. Yeah. And, you know, they, Mercury they Gate, started, yeah. They started with the one truck, and then after a while, they ended up realizing that they could make money running owner operator. So yeah. now, currently, they have like over a thousand trucks on the road. They're much much bigger. And I like to say that's because of me and bringing in the ringer <laughs> sales account, but because I did, I brought, I, 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 and you want to talk about sales. I cold call, I saw an, an article in some trade magazine where a new, a new uh, food distributor or like food manufacturer from Florida was going to be in Walmart. It's nationwide. Mm -hmm. And that's what our wheelhouse was dealing with retail distribution and stuff like that. So I cold called them and I ended up getting on the phone with a CFO by, I don't even know how I, I was sitting there going, Holy shit, I'm on the phone with this guy. <laughs> and, and, uh, he flew up the next day and he signed nice. a $5 million contract. Nice. My, the company bought me a car <laughs> oh, I, I <laughs> so, bet. because I there bet. was, yeah, well, you know, we were supposed to go to the dinner and I drove an old police car. I thought it was the coolest <laughs> thing ever. <laughs> and we we're supposed to go to a company dinner and I show up in the old police car in the front to take and they're the, like, no the way. client. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How do you close in $5 million deals with a 1500 crown Vic from an auction? That's probably what they're thinking. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know, you know, it, but it, it was, and, and that's sometimes you just get lucky. That was a lucky, yeah. account, you know, but, and then like another account, you know, we're joking around with, I tried to get, tried to get, tried to get. And then the company had season tickets cause this is in Jersey. So the company had uh, season tickets to Yankee stadium. Nice. So we and I hate the Yankees. I'm a Red Sox fan through and through. No, sorry, anybody. But we ended up giving these guys tickets to the season tickets, and it got the business. <laughs> you know nice. what I mean? You talk about yeah. you know putting stuff. You know, dining and dining. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know, and, my favorite yeah. Vegas. If you have some customers yeah. close on, see, yeah. I'm on, I'm on, you know, the West Coast. Take them to Vegas. By the time you leave Vegas, they have no choice but to sign you up. 
after you leave but Vegas. They just don't remember the entire trip. That's what I'm saying. Or they don't want you to, um, you know, yeah. your activity. <laughs> so they want to sign yeah. you up. <laughs> so Carl said, uh, well, yeah, Carl, I saw your question first. So I'll say that. Uh, you asked, is it rumor true starting a brokerage, you need at least $80,000 in the bank for working capital to pay the to pay the carrier after net 30 or do broker have options to factor his invoice to pay the carrier? Yeah. A broker can set up factoring. And I talked about this a little bit in one of the other videos. You're going to don't don't, if you don't have a huge nest egg to be a broker, you shouldn't be doing it. You know? And, and that's my opinion, because if you, um, if you're trying to set up with factoring and I don't, I only work with one factoring company. It's the only one I like. So I only refer them. Um, and their broker, their fa whole factoring product is not really built for the broker. So with their, their example, it's 3% plus 5% escrow or 2% plus 5% escrow. And, uh, you get the escrow back. So basically they advance. And this was, I, th I think it may have been on your page where someone was asking about this the other I'm day. Say, yeah. And, and, um, they were saying like, you know, <clears throat> I'm advanced hundred percent, but they take out whatever is paid to the carrier. Well, you're not factoring then. I don't know what kind of relationship you're, you're doing if they're not getting paid a fee, right? But typically what ends up happening is so say <clears throat> it's, the, it works the same as a carrier. You send in your invoices and you're paid and they take their, their little fee, except when a broker does it, they send in their invoices and your invoice as a carrier. And then they are the carrier is paid depending on what the terms are. If it's 21 days and they're paid on 21, if the carrier opts for a quick pay, then that comes out. And then you're sent the difference minus their fee plus the escrow. <clears throat> so on a thousand dollar load, if you have 8% you know, fee and the carrier is getting whatever, 80 bucks, you're only going to get like, what is it? 40 bucks until the, until the customer pays. And then they release your escrow to you depending on what the circumstance is. So, but that also means that your profit margin, if you're not, if you're doing it as a job, meaning you need money right away, factoring isn't going to help you because your margins are going to have to be so high to cover that deficit that it's, it's, you know, I did it for a little bit when I had my brokerage and it didn't work because I work on low margins. So my yeah. margin, if I'm lucky are, you know, or if I really go to extend myself are 10%. You know, and, and like I said, my margins typically are right at like 5% or sometimes less because I'm not greedy and I want volume. I want more business. And if I'm, I, I can't do that if I'm paying 7% out for, for factoring and escrow. Yeah. Um, I always, I always say with, when brokers factor, I only recommend it or um, set them up with factoring options when I'm developing a brokerage. If they have established accounts, I can handle it because, you know, a lot of times, um, and obviously, you know, if you had a brokerage. You're getting set up. You don't have the cash flow, so brokering helps pay. You know, carriers within you know seven, fourteen days, whatever you negotiate with, um, to build your book of carriers as you're building your brokerage credit, um, as you're building you know a name for yourself on the low boards. In other words, really, so it's it's good for short term. I definitely don't recommend it long term because long term you should have the capital, um, the money to re reinvest back in your business, pay carriers as you're waiting. At 30, 60, 90 days to get paid from your customer. We did, I did do some consulting work way back when for a carrier that had, he factored and then he wanted to open up a brokerage. And this is before, you know, insurance and everybody didn't really allow you to have dual authority. Right. I don't even know if you can do it now, actually. But Not anymore. Yeah. Oh, you can't. So no. back then you used to be able to have it a lot more. So he ended up getting the brokerage authority and then used the carrier's receivables, I guess the guarantee of yeah. the carrier's receivable to fund the brokerage. So yeah. essentially factoring still paid all the invoices out to the carriers. Yeah. So that company went from zero to, you know, plus they had a lot of trucks. So that is, so yeah. it, it basically funded the brokerage. Now they can't do that because everything has to be a separate entity. Right. And if you're a carrier and you already have a UCC, which you will, if you're factoring it, there's no, no other way around it. That factoring company is not going to allow you to set up you know, Joe Blow brokerage and have a different UCC. You're going to have to work with that factoring or get some other factoring company to buy you out. That's Yeah, I, I'm glad you actually mentioned that because um, I've worked with a ton of carriers who have opened up a brokerage in-house either to handle their in-house um, overflow freight or to become, you know, a third-party brokerage, you know, for hire or what have you. But um, yeah, they have to, be, as of three, four or five years ago, the FMCSA DOT stated they have to be separate entities. However, 
you can have your carrier fund your brokerage still um, in the form of different loans. Definitely talk to an attorney right. or your you know tax advisor with that. But it's very possible, happens all the time. And those are generally the best brokerages starting out because within three months, they already have established credit, a book of care, you know, within 14, 21 days, half the time giving them no fee, quick pay, um, just to build that relationship. So j exactly what you said. If, um, if, if you have a carrier side, it's easy to start a brokerage without factoring because you're, one of your business will loan your other business the capital and fund it to get it going. I mean, it's easier. It doesn't necessarily mean it's easy because you still got to get over the hump of getting carriers to work for you. Cause that's for that's sure. We didn't really cover and, and, and all the issues, but so to go back to Carl's question, if you aren't looking to factor, yes, you need to have a lot of money because otherwise, you know, carriers aren't going to wait 30 days. There's not many no. big guys will wait 30 days to get paid. You know, the little owner ops, they're not going to pull your load. It's as simple as that. They're not because mm -hmm. they can't wait 30 days. Um, and then what software are you using to track quotes, being able to monitor feedback if you won the lane? You could talk about that. You rep a software. Yeah. Uh, you know, RFQs, I do it the old fashioned way. I'm going to be completely honest. All my RFQs, I get them, you know, the request for pricing um, or excuse me, request for quotations or request for pricing. When I get them, I strip it, throw it in an Excel sheet, and that's what I keep it. I have little folders keeping all my people. However, for my um, management system, I actually use um, the HubSpot or whatever, um, as well as another one. And that's where I keep all my communications with different shippers and customers kind of organized. Uh, but I, I definitely don't use that to organize my pricing and rates. I have a whole, I just a Google Sheets, it's free. Uh, that's actually what I use internally. Yeah. Yeah, we use, you know, company-wide, we use Google Sheets for everything, you know, yeah. we've been on Google for, for everything, not not with the Trinity, but just, you know, and the people that work for me. Yeah, a lot of the loads we have are bulk loads anyway, so I yeah. take them and I get them in, I put them on a spreadsheet and then I upload them straight to that. But because we're all in different places, I'll put that spreadsheet on Google Sheets and then we'll just yeah. click them off as we book them typically. Right. Uh, but he was, yeah, I, I guess, see, I haven't used it because his, his wasn't about RFQs. It was more about tracking individual quotes for shipments and how Got you it. do that. And me, I don't. Yeah, I <laughs> see. Know, yeah, I, not individual. I'll have, I'll have it in an email. If I lose a bit, I don't really care. Um, mm -hmm. And But I do have like a kind of a limit. If, I if I'm not moving a lot, you know, if I try to get with a new customer and I'm not working with them well and I move one shipment, but I'm not, I, and I lose out on 10 more, I... <clears throat> we'll cut ties with that shipper yeah. after you know a month or two because that's a lot of time if you actually instead of you know keeping track of which ones you lost and won keep track of the time you actually spend on quoting versus the money you make and that'll probably change your opinion so me in terms of you know keeping yeah like for the quotes i don't even put them in our system it's got something built in so i could you know send fancy quotes you know a customer will ask me for a quote i send them an email and then I wait for a response and then it's booked, you yeah. know, but I do make a mental note to, to not work too hard on any customer unless I'm making money off them. Right. You know, there's, right. There's people out there that are saying I'm quoting business, I'm quoting business and they're quoting and quoting customers for a long time and they're not getting any work. And you know what that customer is doing is they're using your quote and then they're basing their margin off it and getting people to beat your quote without even giving you the chance to do right. it. Right. You're becoming you know? their personal pricing assistant. I right. tell agents this all the time. The lumber companies, those produce companies, you know, when people are like, oh, I, you know, I, I'm on a uh, shippers available load list. I'm quoting every day. You're not even getting a response. They're just wanting to see yeah. where their market is, throwing it out. You're responding every single day. Throw the trash out and start working on, you know, better freight, freight you can actually move. I'm not, and like I said, I'm not, <clears throat> we get load lists every day. I mean, you can, you can sign up for them super fast and get yeah. them. And, and, and then once or twice a month, you will get them to accidentally where they meant to put BCC and they put it as <laughs> and you will yeah. see the tremendous <laughs> list of people that are getting these quotes every day. And yeah. usually it's at that point that I make that judgment on whether, how hard I actually want to work on this. 
You know, I had one that literally one time had like 140 different people that they sent that quote to. Oh, I, I see him with <laughs> way more email. And really? I actually, I stripped the emails and I just wanted to know. I went, I saw a lot of TQLs. I'm like, they're even battling against their own TQL people. Yeah. So that's when. Well, that, that environment's super competitive there. You yeah, know, it is. I, yeah, I've it actually is. talked to, you know, a lot of people from there and Coyote. You know, I had a rep with Coyote when I had my own trucks. And we would do so much work and, and we, because they're commission based, I really liked him. I would call him if a different agent had a load and he would snag it from him because he was management and he would snag it and get the commission on it. Yeah. And it, uh, and it, it worked. A lot of people crap. What I, you know, this isn't a broker board, you know, so I, I don't want to, what are your thoughts as, you know, with the carrier relationships that you have on the big brokers like that TQL? coyote the ones that are notoriously slammed every yeah time. so i'm gonna be honest this you know when i first started my group this is why i started it you know when i had only like three thousand people i was threatened by the job i worked at that i was going to be fired because they were worried about how i was teaching carriers how to battle against these uh battle against these mega brokerages and so that's how i started you know teaching people uh basically i have a ton of templates online if you haven't seen them in the groups of how to combat against these people. Basically, you have to work exactly how they work. You have to over-update them. You have to overwhelm them. You have a, never have an issue with them. I actually, I don't prefer TQL per se. However, when I was on the carrier side, I happened to use them all the time, and I never got burned from TQL or any mega brokerage of that because it's the way I work. It's from my brokerage experience. I know not how to get screwed, how not to get screwed. And that's why I'm constantly teaching, you know, carriers. Same thing as you have noticed, constantly giving carriers the ins and outs of what to do to make sure you don't get burned. And it's burning, getting burned from these megas. Yeah. I mean, to me, I have, I mean, when I was a carrier, I was an LTL carrier, just as I do now, I deal mostly with partials. When I had trucks, I, we ran straight trucks and tractors and we did yep. consolidation from Jersey to California, Jersey to Florida. <clears throat> and then we just take a, a you know a regular load back home and so of course i'm using tql i'm using coyote i'm using all those big guys that everyone yeah. seems to hate uh and i i you know sure you get the crappy you know reps that aren't paying you what you're worth and and they complain about detention or they'll say yeah i got you in detention and you don't get it you know yeah. you, you've got a video we're not going to go into detention but it is something i answered today you have a video and actually i think a couple about yeah. detention. Um, and people that aren't in Craig's group, um, nice. if I can, yeah, there you go. It's freight brokers and truck drivers on Facebook. So I think this is shared in your group anyway. So that probably, it is, a lot it is. Them are. um, and then I've got other groups. We're going to end this pretty quick here. Cause like I said, the Patriots are playing. I'm not missing it. <laughs> um, but yeah, I just, I put it up there, Ryan. So you should see it. It's freight brokers and truck drivers. He posts a whole bunch of stuff all the time. Um, and, uh, you know, I've got my, I've got a couple of groups. I got trucker load board and flatbed freight load board. Those groups are not for conversations like this. You know what the whole reason I, I have those groups is because I want them to be load board groups. People post loads out there, you know, and brokers have to post, you know, their credentials on there because before a customer or a carrier even calls, I want them to be able to run credit and all that. I like it's that the same thing yeah. as a broker. I would get, you know, as a new broker, I would get super ticked off if I spent a bunch of time trying to you know get a carrier and qualifying the carrier send them a rate con and then them to call back and say oh you weren't approved by factor and we can't use you exactly you know what i mean just do your due diligence and check first that's why someone said you have to you know do your due diligence and in this business you have to whether you're qualifying carriers qualifying shippers qualifying dispatchers you know <laughs> i'm gonna make a video very soon about dispatchers and that's not a bad thing i owned a huge dispatch company I was about um, to say, <laughs> I, I owned a big one, but the reason I don't anymore is because there's just too many and it's a horrible, horrible. Hey, I, I used to do it. I think we probably yeah. both ended around the same time. Yeah. <laughs> it, I mean, and I like I made plenty of money and I was good for the drivers and sure. they all liked it. But, uh, um, yeah, the load board groups I have been are, uh, what are they? Trucker, truckers, load board and flatbed freight. Yeah, load board something like that if you search them i don't really care that much i moderate them like three times a day 
So I just go through and delete them and I post these in there and, and that's it. I don't really comment too much on them because I don't have the time like Craig does. <laughs> He's at book and prayed all day. Um, but yeah, yeah and I don't book Craig's it. website. <laughs> yeah, you're busy too. But yeah, and uh, and check out my podcast, all that. You know, I think if you Google Freight Broker Live now, uh, some of the podcasts show up. This yeah. one will be available on podcast tomorrow when I upload it. Um, but it is on Blog Talk Radio. It's broadcasting live there, uh, which is this fancy phone system that nobody pays or nobody uses but you pay for right, it guys, I'm signing off. Yeah. <laughs> i pay for yeah. it so i'm using nice. it nice right. hey craig thanks for joining us thank we'll you yeah thank you yeah.